0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf and I'm joined in the studio today by Dr. John Vance, Senior Pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern.
1: Thank you, Dan. Good to be here.
0: The question on our agenda today concerns the end of the church age. You know, we hear this from time to time. I know that there's a man out there who teaches that uh, so-called based on the Bible alone, that he concludes that we've entered an age in which God is no longer using the church. And so we wanted to talk about that today in light of the scriptures, in light of history. So here's this gentleman that's teaching that this is the end of the church age and that now instead of the Holy Spirit ruling the church, it's Satan that's ruling in all the churches and not the triune God of the scriptures. Uh, He also teaches that we're no longer to celebrate the sacraments of the Lord's Supper or baptism. And he teaches that if you remain in the church, you're not a Christian, that you're in dire danger of judgment. So, that whole scenario begs a lot of questions.
1: Well, it certainly does, and it's almost uh, shocking to hear the scenario you just laid out, (laughs) because it's so foreign to what we believe that the Scriptures clearly teach, and what many of the faithful have fought and died for. Uh, in the name of Christ, so that the church in this world might prosper and that the gospel would go forth.
0: Just a personal testimony, I've really enjoyed just being in church. The fellowship with God's people, the singing of the hymns, the ministry of the saints, and then the preaching of the word. And you might be there on a day when the sacrament of the Lord's Supper is being served. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. or you may see a baptism and and witness the application of that sign and seal of God's covenant of grace. It's just God just feeds you in this environment, and there's nothing that compares to
1: it. (laughs) I've been trying to emphasize in the last couple of years the fellowship of the saints, or as it's called historically the communio sanctorum. (laughs) Which means the fellowship of the saints. And I noticed in the New Testament how much the apostles, the Lord's apostles, encouraged fellowship. And such words are used as encouragement, which means to draw alongside of. There's nothing like going through problems and have one of the saints of the Lord come and draw near to you and encourage you. That's right. Knowing that they've been there before.
0: That's right. I I remember being down in Rock Tavern Early this year, and it was after I had lost my job. And there was um, one of the families who sat behind us, very uh, moved, very concerned, and very supportive. Uh, and, and that was the body ministering yes, to, the body. to us, and it was wonderful. So obviously, we come to this with a great deal of bias, and I think it's a good bias. Bias based on the scriptures themselves and the history of the church. So here's a fellow out there that says he's read the Bible, and he says, it's done with, no more church. What does the Bible say about the continuity of the church?
1: Well, the great classical text in uh, Matthew chapter 16, where you have the Lord speaking to his apostles. And, uh, well, just let me quote that. Uh, Jesus said to them, but he says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, that one who was always quick to speak, (laughs) answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I want you to notice Jesus' answer. He said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And notice what else, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Mm. And it seems to me that that verse clearly indicates that God's design and will is that there be the church, the body Mm -hmm. of Christ.
0: Yes, indeed. Until
1: the end of time, not at a certain point where it ceases to be, until the (laughs) Lord comes for his bride, if I understand the scriptures
0: properly. And this church advances, loving Christ, and it says that the gates of Hades itself shall not prevail against the church. Praise be to God for that. Yes,
1: yes. Wonderful passage.
0: It's very helpful.
1: There are a number of other passages, too, though, Dan. When you look in the New Testament, uh, particularly in the letters of Paul, you get so much. Let me, for instance, just mention a passage maybe out of my favorite book. Years ago, my wife and I (laughs) chose a book of the New Testament or a letter that would be our family scripture that we would read, particularly when we had difficult times. But notice this from Philippians He says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Mm -hmm. Here is the apostle commending this church for strengthening him, Mm. and uh, that reinforces that fellowship that we were talking about. Communication, by the way, the word that Paul uses is the word fellowship or koinonia, to share in. Mm to share our lives together, to share in the gospel together. That's the value of the church in part.
0: I would think there's any number of passages that we could cite that illustrate the church and gives us examples of church existing in other places on planet Earth. What else can you think of that comes to mind? That
1: great passage where Paul confesses in Galatians that he persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And that was when he was an unbeliever. But when he meets the Lord on the road to Damascus, the Lord says to him, why do you persecute me? Mm. Meaning that truly Jesus considers the body as not only uniquely his body, but necessary.
0: Yeah, that's a wonderful point. Well, I see we're almost out of time for this segment of the program. Coming up is a break. The um, subject today is concerning the church, and that sometimes you will hear, there's one particular teacher out there, false teacher, who uh, asserts that the church age is over, that God is no longer using the church. Instead, Satan is ruling in all the churches, not Christ, He teaches that we're no longer to celebrate the sacraments of the Lord's Supper or baptism, and that if you remain in the church, you're in danger of hellfire. (laughs) It's it's a shocking statement. Mm -hmm. But uh, when we come back, maybe we can talk a little bit about this idea of, I guess what some would call the visible versus the invisible church. But we're at the point where we need to take a break. Stay with us. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting.
2: We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. Stay with us now for the second half of our program.
0: And welcome back. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about the so-called end of the church age. A teacher is out there who's claiming that based on the Bible alone that God's no longer using the church. And one of the smoke screens he uses is that he affirms the invisibility of the church, but he denies the visible church. And Pastor Vance, maybe you can comment a little bit about well, that.
1: that. That is an odd, what should I say, dissection of making a distinction that the scriptures certainly do not make. I suppose what is going on here is that salvation is still affirmed in this world, but that there is no concrete, visible expression of it. I would remind the hearer that when Jesus came into the world, he was incarnated. He took Mm. upon himself human flesh and lived among us as a man. He was truly God and truly man. Well, the church itself has an incarnational dimension, there is no question. And to deny, that would be equivalent in some sense to deny the incarnation of Jesus, to deny the incarnation yeah. of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's yeah. just simply not what our Lord was talking about in Matthew when he spoke to Peter. It's certainly not what Paul was talking about. It's just simply not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dichotomy that we should not allow to stand. It's it's just something which the scriptures do not teach tradition Has never affirmed, and it would be some type of, well, let me put it in the strongest possible terms. This is a type of heresy. It really is. It strikes at the vitals of the faith. Yeah. Once delivered unto the saints.
0: You use an important word there, a strong one, that is heresy. And how would you define what is heresy?
1: Well, it's obviously been variously defined by people, but generally speaking, I think if you were to examine the teaching of the scriptures, and maybe its best teachers through the centuries, and I'm thinking of people like Augustine, Aquinas, Luther, Calvin, Jonathan Edwards, these Mm. great teachers that God has placed in the church and promised to, they generally understood it to be a serious departure From the faith, once delivered unto the saints, concerning the person and work of Christ. Mm. And Christ's person and work is continuated on this earth incarnationally through the church.
0: So a heresy then is um, going against the truth?
1: Going against the truth. It's a sin against fundamental truth. Now, a person can be an error, we're all fallible, and not be a heretic, But a heresy is a clear and plain teaching of the Scriptures that one denies. And in so doing, one denies the Lord and His work, His atonement.
0: Just going back, thinking about the many examples in Scripture of churches that existed, to me it seems out of joint with the Scripture and all the examples given of the churches that existed. Just looking through the book of Acts, even in Acts 2, it says... They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul. Now all who believed were together, had all things common, sold their possessions. And then it goes on. They uh, continued daily with one accord in the temple, mm-hmm. breaking bread from house to house. Uh, this was the early form of, of the, the New Testament yes. church.
1: and And notice what they were doing there. They were doing all of those things, That we are commanded to carry on. They were providing for the worship of God in the name of Christ. They were providing for the preaching and the teaching of the word. And, of course, uh, the administration of the sacraments. They're providing for the fellowship of the saints. They're providing for the edification and building up of our faith in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. The justification for an educational ministry in the church. Hmm. So you have it there from the very beginning. You have a full-orbed practice that our Lord left with his disciples, and they, they immediately carried out those activities. Amen.
0: It kind of uh, reminds me of a question, also related to this subject. We could ask, what are the marks of the church?
1: The marks of the church, uh, of course, is a way we use that term. It's been used in two different ways, and the marks are the way to identify the church. Uh, historically, those marks are. Are set down in the Apostles and Nicene Creeds, Mm. where it talks about the Church being one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. And each one of those terms represents an attribute of the Church. For instance, apostolic means that we received the teaching of the Apostles that the Lord chose, and that has to do with the Church's authority, as the Apostles had. The holiness of the Church is holy because of its head, our Mm. Lord Jesus Christ. We're not confessing here that all Christians are, are sinless. Oh, I thought you were, Pastor <laughs> <laughs> No, I've pastored long enough to know, and even in my own life. Um, oh, uh, but those are the historic marks. But then at the Reformation, people like Luther also talked about other marks. When asked where the church is, hmm. he once said, the church is wherever the Word of God is faithfully preached and taught. And John Calvin uh, also included uh, the proper administration of the sacraments. Oh, yeah. And sometimes the Puritans even talked about church discipline as being a third mark. Mm -hmm. But these are wonderful ways, the historic marks or the marks that developed out of the Reformation, wonderful ways of identifying the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, well, let's take a rabbit trail here for a moment and talk a little bit about churches that really are in trouble. Churches that have ceased to preach the Word, maybe. Churches that are denying maybe the Trinity. How would we describe those churches? What are some characteristics of of those churches? Uh, I know maybe we don't even want to talk about it. We don't even want to be guilty of casting stones here, but it's a real problem in our day, I think.
1: Well, there are two ways, I think, uh, that a church... Can be a church at one point and not at another point in history. But remember, we do have a promise that the Lord will be continually with his people. Hmm. But there are groups that uh, abandon the faith, just as there are individuals who abandon the faith. That's the nature of being human in this world. But we do believe the Lord will preserve those that are his, and he will preserve the true church. But I think there are two ways that that happens. One is a sin against truth. We'll call that heresy. Hmm whereby a fundamental aspect of the faith is denied, a, a, a truth that makes Christianity Christianity. And that has to do with Christ and, of course, his work for us, his atonement. But there's also another way that churches can abandon the faith or a person, and that is what historically has been called schism hmm. or breaking away or a sin against the love or charity of the church.
0: Sin against love. Sin
1: against love. You can sin against truth, and you can sin against love to a degree whereby you've abandoned the very essence of God, who is love. And you see that in sometimes a person can be fairly orthodox in their teachings, but very unkind and schismatic Mm. in their approach to life, where they actually destroy or hurt the work of the Lord.
0: Mm -hmm. And some groups go all the way, and they start denying the essentials of the Christian faith.
1: Uh, uh, Surely enough. uh, Some of the the situations in the modern world where we see it is where people and some groups are ordaining uh, ministers of the gospel that clearly do not affirm uh, the deity of Christ or affirm the traditional practice particularly concerning marriage and sexuality. Mm. Those are serious departures from the faith. Yeah,
0: That reminds me of a song we've heard called uh, Dying Churches. We're going to bring it up here and continue this session after we listen to that song.
3: The clouds are graveyard gray, winter settles in my bones. News that comes is colder still than these chains and prison store. You walk in shadow, turn from light. We can fall chasing night. Oh, my churches, dying churches, are you not the chosen bride? Oh, my churches, dying churches. How could you abandon Christ? I've given you my all Weary, broken, bruised, and spent Now there's word you've gone astray Any joy becomes lament The freedom that Christ died to win Perverted into sin. Oh, my churches, dying churches, Are you not the chosen bride? Oh, my churches, dying churches, How could you abandon Christ? I poured out my life in Jesus' name.
0: And that was uh, Die in Churches by Travis Cottrell from the CD Pressing On.
1: Very powerful piece of music. <laughs> uh, uh, very much so. You know, um, the teaching that God is no longer using the church is another way of trying to kill off the work and ministry of Christ on earth through his church. Mm. And it's incomprehensible to me that we would have that kind of teaching. Uh, yeah. Ideas have consequences. They do. It's an attack upon the bride of Christ.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and we know that uh, there are some churches that have failed. and and, and I can understand how maybe a listener says, yeah, but what about my church? You know, they're mm-hmm. teaching all this crazy stuff, and boy, it must be over with. I hear this fellow out there teaching that the end of the church mm-hmm. age has come, and sure enough, it must be. But to that, I would say, find a faithful church.
1: Keep your eye upon Christ and find a, <laughs> yeah. a body that's keeping its eye upon Christ. You know, those marks are important. Um, yeah. Those marks are terribly important identifying a biblical church that is faithful to the Word of God and faithful to the commands of the Lord.
0: So uh, keep that before us, in other words. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's essential. I love what the passage concerning the Bereans. Oh, yeah. They tested those things, even what the apostle said in the scriptures. Yeah. To see if they be true.
0: And um You might be tempted to say, Oh, I just wish we had the apostle here with us today, you know. <laughs> and yet even back then the Christians would test. They would say, Okay, is this what the scripture yes. is telling us?
1: But we do have the apostolic ministry embodied <laughs> in the church in a real sense. <laughs> now every- that's a good point. Paul meets us every Sunday. Peter meets us every Sunday, Lord's Day, in his word. It's amazing.
0: And this extends even to another discussion way beyond this one, and that is the inscripturation of Mm -hmm. biblical truth. Mm -hmm. All that we need for life and godliness Mm -hmm. is contained, listeners can't see it, I'm holding my Bible, (laughs) is contained right here within these pages. Everything is here. And,
1: And there's a wonderful story told of the Apostle John when, you know, he lived, uh, to be an old man according to tradition and uh, when he was uh, maybe well into his 90s i'm not quite sure what the age was it said that he was so feeble but the young men were carrying him into the assembly uh. on their shoulders to give him the place of honor oh my. and it yeah. was said that he would hold up his hand and and continue to, his <laughs> phrase, little children love one another. <laughs> it is a love and truth you know, that we have in Christ. And the church is a, you might say, a steward of those mysteries. Amen.
0: I think there's also a, a philosophical point to be made here, and I hope I'm not uh, jumping ahead, but, you know, if we come to the conclusion that God has divorced his church, isn't it almost like Having cut off the head from the body, isn't it almost like not having Christ? If we don't have his church, how can we have Christ is is what I'm starting to think about here.
1: Well, you know, a few weeks back, uh, 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 maybe, uh, I'm not sure what the date was, but we talked about salvation, individual, and so forth. But here's yeah. a place to, to emphasize the social dimension. Mm. You know, it's not an either-or. Mm. Uh, We are saved individually, but we're also saved together. Yes, And we will find that to be true in heaven. So the Mm. church is that social dimension of the work and body of Christ. Yeah. And uh, I'm delighted to be a part of it. Amen. You know, our churches do need support. They do need encouragement. Uh, And if there are people out there who have been tempted to give up on the church, uh, I never will forget – Uh, an old minister who quoted this to me says you know the church is somewhat like Noah's Ark you couldn't stand the smell on the inside if it were not for the conditions on the outside (laughs) now yeah churches have their problems Uh, they're made up of fallible human beings but my the alternative that's right I'm telling you it's sweet
0: it's better that's right well this has been a wonderful time I've Enjoyed it very much, Pastor Vance. Thank you for coming into the studio here, joining me again for another edition of A Plain Answer. And um, the goal of this program is within the milieu of history and theology to look at questions that have come our way, that have been brought our way. And you know, this question has been brought up time and again because of emails that's come to Redeemer Broadcasting. Uh, People are concerned about this doctrine That's floating around out there In the ether as it were That God has done with this church And nothing could be further from the truth We want to encourage you to find a good church If you're not in one If you are in a good church To support your pastor, Support your elders Be there in attendance And feed upon the Lord Jesus Christ As he is preached to you in word And as you uh, experience him in sacrament uh, That's a wonderful thing Absolutely. Just to think the Lord's Supper Just a wonderful presence of Christ The there meal of supper. fellowship <laughs> Indeed And a reminder as we close the program today If you have a question for us That you would like to have considered on this program By all means send it to us Just email it You'll find the link on our website Today we've had Dr. John Vance, Senior Pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Joining us, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Thanks so much for tuning our way today. And join us next week at the same time for another Plain Answer.